Thank you for, for coming and being a part of our worship service today. If you uh, have already noticed, we're going to enjoy a time at the table today at the end of the service. We celebrate the uh, Lord's Supper or Communion um, the last Sunday of every month. And so I pray that you are prepared, that your heart is ready. We believe that if you belong to Jesus, you belong at the table. And we welcome you to come today. If you have yet to give in your heart to Jesus, you're going to have this whole sermon, this whole time to give your heart to him and be ready to come. It's a great time also to kind of do some self-reflection. Are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? Is this, is, am I ready to come? So we hopefully that you are uh, going to be ready to do that at the end. All right, so if you were here last week, if you're able to be here with us last week, maybe you left the service thinking, man, I wish Brady Rogers would be a little bit more passionate about the gospel. Anyone? Anyone felt that way? No, neither did I. <laughs> I did not feel that way at all. Because Brady, Brady is passionate. Brady challenged us through the book of John last week. He challenged us to bear this testimony, to live out our faith, this new life that we have in Christ. He even said that as we live by faith, we'll be able to accomplish even greater things because we have the Holy Spirit living in us and working in us, and we can all go to multiple places to go and touch the lives of other people around us because of what Christ has done. Jesus said, I have to go in order so the Holy Spirit would come so that you can be able to go out and accomplish even greater things. Not so that people can see, I mean, all the great things God is doing in us. Like, oh, well, look at this person. It's incredible. So that people can see Christ in us, right? Is that what we want? We want to see people to see Jesus in us as we uh, accomplish those tasks. We want people to believe in the same Jesus that we believe in and have their life radically altered by the gospel. I mean, that's our desire. I, that's what I love to see is like when Jesus really starts to impact your life and it starts to affect every area of your life. All right, so now we're coming around the bend. We're coming around the bend of this eight-week journey that we've been on through the New Testament. We've been using the, uh, the books of the Bible. We've been using this, this New Testament uh, that's in story form, written chronologically, and we're coming around the bend. And this week, if you're on, if you're on task, if you're reading up to date, you're going to run in to the book of Revelation. And there's an amen, but there's the people who are like, oh my Revelation scares me. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Try to explain it. Look, I, am, I have not spent hours in a theological study in a classroom unpacking all the deep truths of the book of Revelation. But here's a couple quick hints when you read the book of Revelation, okay? Just to prepare you. Read it without trying to understand every piece of symbolism in it. You won't be able to. Read it in worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. As a follower of Jesus, read it and be grateful that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you have yet to put your faith in Jesus, read it, then fall on your knees before the one who is holy and worthy of your worship. Now, if you've been blessed by this last eight-week experience, if you had the opportunity to get into the Word and get into small groups, we, uh, we, I, I want to know, I want to hear your story. I want to hear what that God has been doing in and through you. So this week, call me up, take me to lunch, buy me coffee, whatever it is, both, whatever you want to do, or just get a hold of me on the phone and say, Brady, hey, I just, this is what God's been doing in my life. 
And we have kind of a brief version of that. You saw when you came in today, there's a little uh, dry erase marker. It says, what, is, what has God done? Or what has happened to you this week? And just give us a little, little taste of what God's doing in your life. So let me know. And then if you're willing to stand up here next Sunday morning and give just a brief testimony of what it is that God is doing in and through you, we would love to hear that. I'd love to hear, the, to see the response that has come as a result of our study. So we're going to be going in, we're going to, we're going to actually back up from John, and we're going to go to 1 Peter today, because I, I think there's just such a great word for us today as the church. And so we're going to look at 1 Peter, so if you have your own copy of Scripture, turn to 1 Peter, page 353, if you have the, this book, this Bible, all right? 1 Peter, now Peter is writing to believers, uh, it's actually, it's a, it's a letter to multiple churches, and he's trying to encourage them. And then it was hand-delivered by Silas, who, who brought this letter to the church. Can you imagine what it would be like today in this context if someone came, they knocked on the door, I opened the door, they came in, they said, hey, I have this letter written to you by the Apostle Peter, and here's what I want to say to you today as the church. And then he would read it, and then they would move on. And he'd go to the next church and read it. Like in Platte City, he would come and read it at our church, then he'd go to the Baptist church, then he'd go to this church, he'd go to this church, and he'd read this letter and he would be encouraging the people. He would be reminding them that they are to bear witness and bear testimony of the work that God has done in their life. To stay faithful, to not give up in the midst of persecution. Don't give in. And listen, that's a word for all of us today. In the midst of trials that you walk in here with this morning. It says, don't give up. And he says, do this while you're awaiting. And it's the same story then as it is now. We're waiting, Right? Yeah, we're waiting for you to get on with it, Brady. You know, you know, we got things to do. Like, we're waiting. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. Are you waiting? Are you ready for Jesus to come back? I would like to think that I am. There's, in my part of my soul, like, there's a few things I really need to get worked out. But, but, in, but in my heart of hearts, I know that I'm ready. And so Jesus, okay, here we are. Come. And he is going to come back. This is the truth. That's the promise of his scripture. So the church then was waiting, they were waiting for Jesus to come. Now granted, it had only been maybe 30 plus years or so that Jesus had been gone, but they were still waiting and they were anxious, they were anticipating. Things were getting tough, there was some persecution that was at an all-time high in the church and people were uh, being, being uh, mistreated for their faith and maybe people even leave, losing their lives before their faith. And Brady talked about that last week too. All over the world there are people who are Losing their life for the sake of the gospel. And I don't know about you, but does that, does that challenge you? I, hope, I mean, I hope it grieves your spirit, but it also challenges you. Like you, we're, we're not there. We're not in that culture. We haven't been persecuted like that yet in America, in the church. But hopefully it challenges you and encourages you. There were some doubters and scoffers that had come in among the believers we have lots of open seats in the church. And don't think that the enemy doesn't work in pretty s- sneaky ways where he sends people in. People come maybe with good intentions or maybe not. Maybe their intentions are not good. They come into the church to try to impose their way of thinking or their vision or whatever. And when I first started this church, when we started this church as a body, as people who came, one pastor said, Brady, don't let people steal your vision because there's going to be all kinds of people that are going to want to tell you how to do church. 
Don't let them steal your vision. In this culture, there's some doubters. They're coming among saying, okay, where, here's what they were saying. They were saying, where is this coming that he promised? <laughs> where is Jesus? Come on, he said he's coming back. Where is he? And they said everything just keeps going on like it has since the beginning of time. We're here, aren't we? Right here. Everything just keeps going on. Tomorrow's going to be a new day, a different day. It's going to be Monday. Anybody just grieve Mondays? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you corporate people, you know, Monday's just another day to me, all right? It's it's hot tub time for me, (laughs) Monday. But it's also a time where I reflect on what happened the day before. And and, uh, sometimes it can be, I don't know, do you feel that way? There's a pastor here. You know, Mondays are hard sometimes because you just kind of like the weight of everything that happened up to Sunday. And it's like, man, you wrestle with that a little bit. You know, it's like it's this, this stuff that was going on then was going on like in Noah's day when the people were eating and drinking and just living life and they were getting married. They were just celebrating until the rain came. Now, they were doubting until the rain came, right? <laughs> they thought Noah was crazy. And then it started to sprinkle. So here we are waiting. Now, we're not waiting for the rain, R-A-I-N, right? We're here waiting for the king to come, to come and reign, <laughs> R-E-I-G-N. Make sense? That's what we're waiting for, for the king to come. But listen to this. Do not forget, this is what it says. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We can be grateful that God is patient, right? Maybe some, some people in your life, some friends, some family members, that you're glad that God has been patient. But the day of the Lord will come. The Bible says it will come like a thief. The thief does not call you and says, hey, by the way, tomorrow at 4 p.m., <laughs> I'm going to be showing up at your house. Get ready. So how then should we live? If we're here waiting, how then should we live? And I had this this thought. Should we live fearfully frozen? Like, don't move. All of you, stop. Let's just wait for Jesus to come back. Nobody get up. I don't care how bad you have to go to the bathroom. I don't care if that donut's calling your name. Those little cinnamon donut whole things, by the way, were amazing. <laughs> but don't get up. We've got to wait right here. What if we live that way as the church? We're just waiting. We're not, we're not doing anything. We're just sitting here fearfully frozen. You know the opposite end of that? Freely frolicking. Like, well, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Jesus, he's coming. Yeah, sure, he's coming back. It doesn't matter how I live. I'll just do whatever I want. You know, I'll get it right one of these days. When I get old, then I'll take advantage of this church stuff. But until then, it's all about me, baby. I don't care. Do we want to live that way? Do you know anybody that lives that way? I look in the mirror, and I look at someone that used to live that way. Freely frolicking. Not even, not even concerned about the day of the Lord, that he's going to come. He's going to find me. So we can't live in either one of those extremes. So Peter was encouraging the people, as I want to encourage you today, stay faithful. So we have faith. Be holy. 
Stand firm and be ready. All right, are you ready? All right, let's jump in to 1 Peter. The, today, or this week, I had a great opportunity. Uh, we came in and we adjusted the bases on these pillars and were able to make them a little more functional. And, and I had a chance to be in this room when nobody else was here. It was really cool. There was like one light on the back part of the stage. And so all I could see was my shadow as I stood here and my arms outstretched. So I prayed for you this week. You were sitting right out there like, like you are right now. You're smiling, most of you. <laughs> You're listening intently. There was a lot more amens during my prayer time then. <laughs> a lot of amens. <laughs> and I had the chance just to think about this time that we were going to be here waiting together. So First Peter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through, and I'll call out, some verse references. We're, gonna, we're going to, we got time, we're going to go through this letter, almost all of it, almost all the words. For time's sake, we'll, there'll be a few passages we'll sk- skip over. Oops. So, the thing I love about this is this is God's word. And so take it how you want it. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the revelation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer in all kinds of trials. But these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which your faith is of greater worth than gold, get that, your faith is more valuable than gold. Gold perishes even though refined by fire. And it says, this may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. That is the reward for us who live by faith. Now, so all week long, all week long, all these different things come to me through text messages or phone calls or whatever. And all these things that just point us to all the different trials and struggles and the things that are going on in this world that we live in today. And so I'm not stupid. I know that you walk in here today, you are facing trials. All of us of some form, of some kind, facing trials. Uh, you still processing the loss of someone you love deeply. Some, of, some people that I know just this week have lost someone that they've loved deeply. I have a half-brother that I've never got to meet in my life who died this week a miserable, lonely person. Whether he knew Jesus or not, I have no idea. But he's gone now. And so his family that are closer to him, they're facing a trial. 
There's issues with work. There's issues with finances. There's issues with your own personal health or health of a family member. You come in facing trials. So here's what I'm going to do. I just want to challenge you right now. Right where you're at, you don't have to like shout it out loud, but I want you to stand up if you're facing some type of trial in your life right now and you say, I just, I just need somebody to know and I need somebody to pray for me right now today, right here where you're at. Just stand up where you're at. Whether you're new or been here every time since we opened the doors. Okay. Now, for those of you that are anywhere near these people, all right, anywhere near these people, I want you to just get where you can get close to them. And if you're just all, if you're all standing together, just gather together. But I want you to, someone to have contact, Debbie, right? Debbie, would you go and just stand next to Tina? Yeah. Okay, go, go to somebody. Maybe you're the one facing a trial, but you go, to stand, go stand next to someone that's experiencing a trial. Look around if that's you. Everyone, everyone can participate. If, you're, if, you're a, if you are a follower of Jesus, we'll find out later on we're a chosen people, holy priesthood. You're part of the priesthood, all right? So that means you need to go apply your, your priesthoodness <laughs> to this person by faith and been praying for them. So everyone needs to be, have some connection. Okay? Look around you. You're like, am I going to have to say anything? Well, yeah, you might. <laughs> you, but if you, if you need a prayer, wouldn't you want somebody to pray for you? All right? Look around. Has, anyone, has everybody got someone praying for them? Raise your hand if you don't have anybody there that came to you. All right? You guys are all back there good? Okay? You guys, you got, we need some people up here. We need Anybody that can come and pray with these people? I, I know these people. <laughs> they need prayer. I'm their father. <laughs> they definitely need prayer. All right, so right here, right where we're at, I just want you to ask the person, hey, how, what is it I need to pray about? You don't need to know details. Just say, what's, going, what's your trial? And then I want you to pray, all right? Let's just give you a few minutes to make that happen, all right? Ready? Go. Roy and Cameron, you guys, do me a you guys come over and uh, could you pray for my daughter, Yesenia? Just, just ask her what it is going on. She'll tell you. Just pray for her. Oh, maybe this. Look back there. Continue. Continue to pray. I'm just asking the Lord to fill you with inexpressible joy right now. Inexpressible joy as you lift up these concerns. Is there anyone that does not want inexpressible joy in their life? Anyone that does not want that? <laughs> I pray that you do. Yeah. Amen. Just when you're done praying or done being prayed for, you can go ahead and sit down. Amen. Awesome. Feel free to continue the conversation afterwards if you have time this might be weird for some of you but listen this is normal Christianity okay listen we're just called to pray for one another called to encourage one another and if we if you can't find that in church I don't know where you're supposed to find it (laughs) you know all right so verse 13 first Peter chapter 1 And I uh, just want you to 
When I say a word, and I point, I want you to just repeat this word, all right? Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as you who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on the Father who judges each person's work impartially, impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. You know, this is not our home, by the way. This is not, we're not of this world. For you know that it was not with perishable things as such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, which by the way, thanks a lot, thanks a lot ancestors for handing down this life to us, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. That's what we were redeemed by, the precious blood of Jesus. And we'll celebrate that at the end of the service today. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, you just express some sincere love for each other just right then when you're praying for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And this quote from Isaiah, uh, verse 40, or chapter 40. All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is is good. Now remember, he's telling people, this is how you should live. This is how you're supposed to live as you're waiting. Same word for us today, right? This is how we're supposed to live as we're waiting. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, From Isaiah 28, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe this stone is precious, now it says, now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, this stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Psalm 118, verse 22. A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Isaiah Chapter 8, verse 14. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. You ever had a conversation with someone when you come to about who Jesus is and you start talking about him in a personal way? They just can't fathom that. Oh yeah, no, I believe Jesus was a good guy. He was a great teacher. He was this and he was that. But I cannot believe that he died and rose again for me. I just can't believe that. And they stumble on that. And the conversation with a guy the other day in the steam room, I said, dude, when it comes to who Jesus is, it's the most important question you'll ever have to deal with in your whole life. When you, who you say Jesus is, is the thing that matters the most. Okay, so they stumble because they disobey the message, which also is what they were destined for. But, here's the good news, you are a chosen people, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. By the way, that's your job. Declaring the praises of him who pulled you out of darkness into a wonderful light. How is, how is your praise meter in your life? Even in the midst of your trials, can you praise him? Should you praise him? Yes, in the midst of your trials. Like that's, that's, the, that's the calling that we have. All right? Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from the sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives, I love this, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify the God on the day that he visits us. Do you believe that how you live makes a difference? Do you believe that how you live matters to the people around you? Absolutely. It says we are to submit ourselves to those in authority over us. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. I love that. Man, you just want people to be quiet? Just show them the difference God makes in your life. Because they cannot disprove your actions. They cannot say that's not true. Now, they can mess with your words sometimes and you say stupid stuff, you know. But when you live it out, there's nothing they can say because the proof is right there. What is proof is in the pudding? Who said that? Uh, Is your grandmother maybe? I don't know. Your mom said that. Live as free people. I love this. Do not use your freedom as a covering up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 1. All right? Any wives? Wait, raise your hand if you're a wife. Wife in the room. All right? When your husband's over. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. When your husband's over without words, but by your behavior. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, that'll be the thing that'll make the difference. You will not nag your husband in the church. You won't nag him into the kingdom. But you can live out such a faithful example. I've said this before. My wife uh, lives such a faithful example that makes me want to be a better man. It works. I promise you. It works. I love how it says towards the end of that little paragraph there. It says, um, Submit yourselves to your husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. Now, wait a minute, guys. Don't get crazy on that one. Uh, from now on, you need to call, you, call me your Lord. Small L, <laughs> not capital L. Don't take that one home. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. All right. Husbands. Thank you. You guys are still paying attention. Husbands. In the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as a weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Listen, men, if you want your prayers to be powerful, start treating your wives with respect. Listen, this, this, this word right here can convict me at certain times in my life. I wonder why my prayers haven't been powerful. Need to show respect. Who isn't? She, my wife is an heir of the gracious gift of life. Like she is a co-heir with me of this gift that God has given me, and that will, won't hinder my prayers. Finally, 
all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because you who were called, because to this you were called so that may, you may inherit the blessing. For listen to what it says in Psalm 34, 1, uh, 11 through 18. And I want to read this because um, I just think this is powerful. Psalm 34, 11 through 18, it says, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and the ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Do you believe that the Lord heard you today when you were praying? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you walked in with a crushed spirit today and your heart was broken, in some weird way, ladies and gentlemen, that's good news. Because the Lord is close to you. He knows your needs and He knows your heart. Let's go on up to four, right? Up to four. And before, we, before I start reading that, I just, it, it talks about, and here it talks about baptism, about the resurrection of Jesus, and the, this precious promise of the, or the power of what happens in baptism. And by the way, next week, we're going to have our portable baptismal here. And if you've never gone through the waters of baptism, because if you put your faith in Jesus and you've never identified yourself with him through that, we encourage you to, uh, to do that. It's another thing you can take me to lunch and talk to me about this week. I'm going to eat a lot this week, hopefully. Um, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, and if you're, maybe you say, you know what, I was baptized when I was young, and I, it just, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, literally, water under the bridge since that day. And you say, I just want to make a fresh start. I want to identify with this death of an old life and raise and walk in a new life. Talk to me this week, and let's, let's make sure that you're ready to go when we have the water available next week. All right, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. That's a good plan for life right there. For it says that you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join with them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Have you ever changed your life to the point where the rest of your, your buddies or your friends just couldn't understand? Like, well, dude, what, what's going on? Wait, wait a minute. You're just different now. I don't understand. Why aren't you hanging out with us anymore? And you're like, I'm just on a new path now. I got a new calling. I got a new, got a new direction in my life that's, that is promising life and peace and joy, inexpressible joy. I'm just not finding that in my old life any longer, so I've chosen to walk in a new path. Go down to 4-7. The end of all things is near, therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Don't roll your eyes when I show up at your door for a cup of coffee, all right? Open it up. 
and let me in. Or when your brother or sister comes. Unfortunately, we live in the garage door culture where our garage doors go down and we shut ourselves off from the rest of the rest of our neighborhood. And that's not how we're called to live as Christians. We're called to to say, my, my door is open. I've got bread for you if you need it at all hours of the night. I'm here for you if you need me. Do we live that way? I mean, do we, we probably want to live that way. Maybe deep down, say, like, that's who I want to be. But how do, we, how do we flesh that out here in the, the world we live in today? Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's various or of God's grace in various forms if any of you speaks they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God if anyone serves they should do it with so so much strength because God provides it and so in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and the power forever and ever amen once again why do we do all these things It's for his glory next Saturday we we're inviting anyone who wants to come to catch the vision of the church and figure out ways that they can get plugged in and use their gifts to steward God's grace in its various forms. If you haven't registered yet for the leadership gathering on Saturday from 9 to noon, here's my commercial. Do it. All right? Get on the website, look for the events, sign up and come and learn more about how you can get plugged in. Let's finish up. 5-1. Okay, this is for... You mature people, you mature Christians that might have it together a little bit more than others, maybe or maybe not, I don't know. But for those who've been walking with the Lord for a long time, or those who are in leadership positions in the church, he's talking to the elders among you. He goes, I appeal to you as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings. Now listen, those guys actually got to see Jesus suffer. We, we weren't there, we didn't see it, but yet we believe. It says, all who will share in the glory to be revealed, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, I love that, because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. By the way, it's the reason why you serve and the reason why you you uh, oversee in the church is for that reward alone. Not for the applause of man. Not so Brady will pat you on the back and say, good job. Hopefully all those things will happen. But you do it because God is asking you to do it and you'll get a crown that will never fade. In the same way, it says, you who are younger, any young people in the room today, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. I was thinking of that song, Humble Yourselves in the Sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up, right? Higher and higher. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. And then I just, He just kind of throws us in. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. Be alert, sober mind, you know your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You ever feel like he's like right on your heels? <laughs> Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the whole world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You're not alone. 
And the God of grace who called you to his, this eternal glory in Christ, in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Amen. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The worship team will come. So here we are. We're waiting. In the midst of difficult things, difficult times. Longing to be who God has called us to be. If you're serving communion, go ahead and come forward. And a precious friend is her and her family. They're waiting for her sister to pass. She's battled cancer and it's battles just about over. And she's, she just loves this hymn and she suggested this hymn this morning that we're going to sing. And so, once again, I just pray that the words minister to you. And so here's how it works in our church if you're new. When the music starts, you're going to stand up and everyone's going to go to their right. And if you've come prepared today to give uh, an offering, bless you for that. You'll place it in the basket. Stephanie will be there. If you filled out your attendance sheet, hopefully you did that too, drop that in the basket and then you're going to come. Now every, every month we ask people to sign up to pray for the church. Just pick a day to pray for the church. And I tell you, this has been powerful because God's just been doing some amazing things, I think, because of the power of prayer. So pick a day. If it's your favorite day and somebody else is on it, go ahead and pray on that day too. Two people are fine. Let's fill in all the blanks if you want to. And then come through, you're going to get your, uh, the bread and the juice and once you have it, you'll go back to your seat and wait, and then we'll all receive it together. So let us worship. So go ahead and stand up.